Good afternoon. I'm your host, Jimmy Kim, and you're watching the greatest show on the planet, The Jimmy Kim Show. To the audience out there today, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a very great show today with, I'm actually interviewing Fort Bend County Commissioner for Precinct 1, Vincent Morales. And for those of you that aren't familiar where Fort Bend County is, it actually is in the southwest part of Houston, out in the suburbs. A familiar city you may know is Sugarland, And Sugarland at one time was actually ranked one of the best cities to live in in the whole country. And Fort Bend County also covers more of the, the suburb areas around there. Commissioner Morales will enlighten us and give us more information about that as we start the interview. But anyways, as we continue, let's go. Uh, well, Commissioner, thank you so much for coming to the studio and doing this interview with us. And go ahead and give us some background about yourself. Tell, us, to, tell the audience who you are. Well, first of all, Jimmy, thank you for having me today. Um, let's talk about Vincent Morales. Yes. Vincent Morales um, ended up as an elected official but never went out to uh, actually pursue that. Uh, the politics found me. Um, it was uh, back in 2010, former Mayor Gorecki of the city of Rosenberg had served as mayor for 12 years. And he came to me as a businessman, but as a involved, active member of the community, serving on many boards and also had been a uh, joint appointee of the city of Richmond and the city of Rosenberg to the West Fort Bend Management District. And so that's where I really learned to develop relationships with TxDOT, with county government, and of course the municipalities in the area. So anyway, long story short, uh, Mayor Gorecki felt like that I would make a good mayor for the city of Rosenberg. So who's your mentor? He is my mentor. And uh, I will say that uh, I was hesitant at first, growing my business, and um, never, as I said, never seeking politics or seeking elected office. But after discussing it with uh, my wife and the family, I uh, told Regina, who is my wife, I said, you know, it's just another way to give back to the community. And so I ended up uh, running in 2011, May of 2011, and um, not feeling that we would win, but um, was hoping uh, that we would win. Well, we won, and I will tell you that uh, that became uh, really a, uh, uh, a high point in, in my life is to be able to serve the community in that position. I was able to really create um, uh, have a have a a uh, my hands in the development of a community that um, I would not have had in any other position. So I was excited 
about being able to have a vision and take that vision uh, through the help of city council and making it a, uh, a community that, was, that would serve everyone uh, very well. Um, but anyway, we, we ended up serving uh, one term as mayor. I'd set goals and actually was asked to run for county commissioner in the summer of 2012. Just to make it clear, that was Mayor Rosenberg, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, no. A commissioner, I was approached as mayor of the, of the city of Rosenberg, right. elected in, in 2011, and was asked in summer of 2012 to run for county commissioner. Yes. And I ended up, I, I, I told him no, because I hadn't finished my goals as mayor. And we ended up um, continuing on. The second term, when I ran, I ran unopposed. Uh, Farmer Mayor Gorecki had never been unopposed in the 12 years he had served. And he told me that that spoke volume. And so we ended up in our second term, we started to see our goals that were going to become to fruition and was also asked at that time uh, in 2014 uh, that I would uh, consider running for county commissioner again. And at that time, with the goals that we had reached as mayor, we decided that um, I would be able to serve Fort Bend County really on the same level, just on a broader scale as county commissioner. So that's kind of how Vincent Morales got into politics, was not pursuing it, but just asked if I would consider. And over time, Vincent Morales developed a passion for what we do today and so I am um, very honored and uh, it is a privilege to serve the people of Fort Bend County. You know that's very interesting because that was actually going to be my next question to you. It seems like something that kind of just fell onto your lap that you didn't necessarily voluntarily seek out became a passion. So that's yes. that's phenomenal. Yes sir. Because usually people some people search their whole lives and they never find it. <laughs> right. I mean it, it's like when I um, decided to run for county commissioner, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to Regina, my wife, I said, you know, that's a full-time job. And I said, the, the family business is going to fall back on the family. And she said, just go for it. She goes, you love it. And she said, people love what you've done. So anyway. Oh, I can tell you love it. Because even when we have these, these discussions, I see the passion coming out of the words Yes. that flow thank you so tell us more about uh so what does a day look like as a commissioner of fort bend county every day is different so it keeps it interesting very interesting <laughs> um you know a commissioner really prime to me their primary duties are roads uh ditches um just solving people's issues, day-to-day -day issues. 
Mobility is key to Fort Bend County because of its growth. Drainage is very important uh, because of its growth. So those are key points that we have to focus on, that being working with whether it's road and bridge or you know, Fort Bend County drainage or TxDOT. Uh, we have to all work together to make sure that we can solve the issues, uh, complex issues that face our constituents in Fort Bend County. But there's also um, other things such as, um, you know, dealing with some of the day-to-day um, -day, uh, county operations of whether that be with the other departments because one of the other duties of a county commissioner is policymaking and oversight of the county budget. It is approved by commissioner's court, the county budget. So a lot of times you also get engaged with the other departments on helping them uh, facilitate their needs because of, of the oversight of the budget. So um, like I said, every day is a new day, um, but it does keep it very interesting. Absolutely, and it sounds like your your plate is full there. So you got a yeah. lot of things going on, yes. twenty four seven. That's right, right Jimmy. People <laughs> people don't realize what you know a county commissioner really does. If you if you look at it, the county is an arm of basically the state, and we are you know we can't create laws or or ordinances like a city. All right, those have to be created from the state level through the legislative body. So we're carrying out those laws. And so um, it is, uh, you know, it's real important uh, that we represent uh, what the state needs are as well as a county commissioner. So if you think about all the laws that are passed each session, a lot of those do affect a, a county uh, level. Uh, to carry those out. That's interesting. So in your, while you're working, do you do a lot of coordination with the state government and, and we, city government? It sounds like you do. We a do. tremendous amount. We do. And federal as well? As, and federal. Not, so all. I, I will tell you that my most, uh, the most of the inter, uh, interaction is with our state elected officials. Okay. Uh, state house reps, state senators. Um, we are constantly engaged with them on whether there's needs for funding or whether there's needs to um, create a law or uh, a policy that uh, can be passed on for the benefit of the constituents as well. Um, we, um, um, federal level, uh, Congressman Nails and I, We've talked several times since his election and since uh, me being in office uh, talking about what they can do to help us on the federal level that usually filters down to the state level as well. So there is an interaction there. It, it's just like with TxDOT as a governmental entity, 
we work with them all the time to, as a partner, to get a lot of the mobility projects accomplished uh, yes. within the county. Now, going back a little bit, uh, how important was it for you to have a mentor in your life? Because it seems like it was almost pretty much life-changing for you at the time. It was. When, when that person entered and, and had a conversation with you. It was. So what, is that, what does that mean to you, just the importance of that it, it, and why people should seek out mentors? It, you really should. Um, I will tell you that on today's level, as far as some of the folks, and not to be disrespectful, but some of the folks that are running for office should not be running for office. Um, I actually agree. I don't um, think it's disrespectful. I, I will tell you that, um, in my opinion, as uh, having a mentor like Farmer Bear Gorecki that encouraged me to serve on a city council level has been so beneficial and educated me to be able to do the job as a county commissioner better than someone that has never had any interaction with government. Right. I will tell you that um, we, I feel like that a lot of uh, folks just wake up one day and we're going to run for office. I see that. That's, that is the wrong way to go. I think everyone should get involved with their community, either serving on some type of, of board, whether with a municipality or with um, serving on a charity board. Engage in the community. Then, as far as, in my opinion, if you are that active in the community and you have educated yourself properly, people will seek you out just as they did me because it was my relationships in the community, my engagement in the community, my knowledge of the community that was seeked out to bring that this person would serve very well as an elected official. So I just feel like that um, we should do a better job of people, uh, especially voters, should do a better job of educating themselves on the background of an individual running because it is so important that how it affects the quality of life for, each, for all of us as constituents of Fort Bend County uh, every day by that individual that's in that office. So I just feel like that um, uh, people should not wake up one day and decide they're going to run for some top office, uh, an important office, a full-time office, until they have really engaged themselves in the community in some other form or fashion. I completely agree with you on that. So there you have it for anybody listening out there. Invest your time and energy in a good mentor. Vincent, you probably actually don't know this about me, but I've actually had some world-class mentors myself. That's great. That's what it takes. <laughs> it is, yeah. But it was a choice as well yes. to accept that.
Exactly. Because some people are so stubborn, they're like, no, I don't want to listen to anybody. Yeah. And then you, it hurts them. You've got to, you've <laughs> got to be a good listener. Right. In my opinion, that's what uh, has made Vincent Morales successful in elected office is being a listener. You listen to the constituents. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Love to hear that. Next, tell us, uh, so before you were in politics, you were a business owner. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell us a bit about that. Well, uh, I actually um, have been in the green industry uh, since 1978. And um, in 2002, I won't go through the whole history, but in 2004, excuse me, 2004, um, we ended up, uh, I, my former partner and I ended up uh, parting ways, and I created a company called Greenscape Associates in uh, February of 2004, actually. And that business uh, is still in operation today, not under my direction or my management, but under the management of my younger son, Justin, and my wife. Uh, Regina. Um, just a little background on Regina is that um, Regina was in economic development. Started off at the Greater Fort Bend EDC under Herb Apple and uh, ended up actually the economic development director for the city of Rosenberg because uh, Mayor Grecki uh, convinced Herb to allow him to bring her on. Now, EDC stands for Economic Development Council. Correct. Right? Okay. Correct. Yeah, a lot of the audience may not know that. They may so not just know to, that. Just to clarify that. Yes. Sir. <laughs> and um, and then in um, I don't know about three or so years later, um, former superintendent for Katie uh, ISD, uh, Dr. Merrill, and a group of businessmen uh, engaged Regina to start the Katie. EDC Economic Development Council. And um, then after getting that started and leaving them in a very good position, she was courted by the city of Sugarland uh, for about a year there, uh, from what I remember. And um, she ended up as the Economic Development Director for the city of Sugarland. Uh, projects like Constellation Field, um, several, several relocations of corporate corporations and uh, new corporations moving into the Sugarland area were the results of uh, her efforts. Her last project before retiring from the city of Sugarland after nine years uh, was Smart Financial. And um, she is now uh, helping run the family business because Vincent went off into politics, and uh, and she um, is also being a grandmother for uh, three grandchildren. So you're so. a grandfather, too. Oh, yes. Like I said yeah. earlier, Vincent, you look way too young. <laughs> I can't believe it. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I am. But, uh, yeah, well, they're the love of our lives. How many grand? Three. We have three, three grandchildren. Oh, that must be a handful. Two, two, two <laughs> girls and a boy. So. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Uh, you're also, so you, you have been and are still active as a board member of nonprofits. Is that correct, too? Oh, yes. Yeah, we, I know I know it's quite a few. So if you yeah. can just tell the audience about a few of your favorites I, I, or, I, or most I, meaningful. Well, I've definitely had to cut back over time. 
Oh, yeah. Because of the time commitment yes. uh, as a county commissioner. And, you know, that is what I was elected to do. So where I can help in nonprofits, I do. But there's one nonprofit that I'm very active in right now that was actually uh, created when I became, after I became county commissioner, and that is called Fort Bend Paws. Fort Bend Paws, its mission strictly is to uh, serve and to uh, support Fort Bend County Animal Services. And how that all started was um, we did an assessment of Fort Bend County Animal Services um, through an organization, a national organization, that actually um, pointed out 10 things that would improve the operations of Fort Bend County Animal Services. Some of those were low-hanging fruit that were, you know, extending hours, opening weekends, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the items that they suggested was that a nonprofit be formed. Back then, Farmer Judge Abair um, asked me if I would take that and run with it. I am president of Fort Bend Paws. Um, we have uh, a total of seven board members, and um, we've raised over $100,000 since 2018. And all of that money has gone back in to helping offset the tax burden for us as constituents. And the way I, you know, what I mean by that is that instead of having to budget all of the necessary um, items that are required to run that operation, uh, whether that be vaccines, whether that be heartworm medicine, Fort Bend Paws has been able to offset that with the money it's raised through its generous uh, donors. And so we continue to, uh, we have uh, folks like Raisin Kane that have uh, uh, brought uh, their efforts with their annual uh, Christmas promotions. They've given portions of that money, Johnson Development, I mean, on and on, and again, a lot of, and I can't stress this enough, generous individuals that have stepped up to support Fort Bend Paws for what it's doing for Fort Bend County Animal Services. So I'm very active in that. Um, I, uh, uh, like I said, I've served on many boards as far as Lamar Education Awards Foundation, Spring uh, uh, Awards Foundation, which is outside of Fort Bend County, but was asked to serve on that because of what I'd done on the Lamar uh, Education Foundation. And then also Child Advocates. Um, I mean, the list goes on, Jimmy. I mean, uh, and I did it because it was giving back to the community. Right. And again, in my opinion, what, what I do today is giving back to the community every day. Yeah, it's all volunteer, right? That's correct. That's correct. Right. Thanks for doing that. 
Next, what is the what is the current state of Fort Bend County uh, from your eyes as a commissioner? Is there room for tremendous amount of improvement? Is it already do, is it already doing well? So in that regard, well, I will tell you that um, um, just a recent briefing from the auditor standpoint, financially, Fort Bend County is in very good shape. Um, we are one of the biggest challenges we have today is um, being able to keep up with mobility with the growth we're having. The uh, mobility to me equates to economic development. Absolutely. And, and you've got to you've got to be able to move people around this county and you've got to uh, create a safe environment for us to continue that growth. So the thing that the challenges we have today is making sure that we provide the best public safety through all of the agencies, whether county or municipal, uh, for our constituents, and to be able to continue to um, either have mobility bonds or drainage bonds. Uh, we need people to uh, help us invest in, in those areas so that we can keep the quality of life up that people have so come to know in Fort Bend County. People have moved here because of the quality of life. Yes. And we, we need to keep that up. The, it, it exists, the quality of life exists here today because that's why so many are moving into Fort Bend County. But we, we've got those challenges, as I mentioned, as far as that we've got to uh, stay ahead of. And that's, that's, that's really what's key for us as a commissioner's court is to making sure that we stay ahead of that. So it seems like your top priorities are mobility, Absolutely. public safety, yes, and quality of life. Did, I, did I get that right? You did, Jimmy. <laughs> you did. Those are my top qualities. I think that's qualities. a lot right there. Those are yeah. my top qualities. Yeah. Next, what are your thoughts on, on Texas as a whole, and then after that, the United States in regards to the political atmosphere? Because you work in conjunction with yes. the Texas government and the federal government. Yes. Well, I will say that, um, you know, Texas, for the most part, uh, is a Republican state. Yes. And uh, I think that it's a conservative uh, state. But if you look right now what's going on, um, it is um, our job growth is really, you know, growing much more than probably any other state right now. Uh, it's one of, or at least one of the top states in job growth. So we are really benefiting from that, uh, even with the pandemic and post-pandemic, hopefully. Um, we also, um, you know, it's a matter right now on the federal level, in my opinion, it, it's, uh, there's some division there, there's some chaos there that I'm hoping that, um, we, that we can come together and uh, and work together as we have in the past. 
so that that all filters down to the state level, which filters down to the county level. And so right now, in my opinion, there's just too much division going on and too much finger pointing and that we need to all come together from both sides of the aisle and let's do what's best for the American people, uh, for Texans, and for those living in Fort Bend County. Yeah, so what what is your solution to fix the divisiveness? Is it just being able to agree and disagree, being able to agree to disagree and also being able to compromise on certain issues? What, what do you see as solutions to that? Because I, I, I see it, it everywhere. I think it, I think it's compromise, and I think that it goes back, Jimmy, to what we talked about earlier, is um, people in office um, need to realize why they're there, why they are there to be in office, to serve the people. And in my opinion, we have a lot of people on the federal level some on the state level, and some on the county level. And city probably too. And city that forget why why they were voted in, to serve the people. And I've never forgotten that. And people that uh, voted me in have said, you you make us feel that you are totally in our corner and wanting to make sure that you do what's best for everybody democrat or republican doesn't yes. matter yeah it doesn't matter it At doesn't the end matter of the day, yeah um we've got to people that that we elect into office have got to realize that and again um, I don't see that across the board. I agree. And we would have a better nation as a whole and state we and would. city and that, county. That's right. If they were there out right. of, to represent the constituents rather than self-interest. Self-interest, self-serving. We don't need people in office for self-serving reasons. We need people in office that have that passion right. to serve the constituents that put them there. Hopefully things get better. I hope so. I hope so. Commissioner, I am an optimist, but at the same time, I I try to stay realistic as to what's going on in society. Yes. Next, this is a very important topic in terms of political engagement as a whole, as to why these things are happening. Why do we allow this to happen in our country and at every level of government? Because as we know, the voter engagement numbers they're they're pretty they're pretty low right now. Yes, they're not where they should be. Right. So how what is the solution for that? How can we get people out and actively engaged in voting, going to meet candidates, going to rallies? Right. I you know Jimmy, um, that's a good question because um, I constantly preach to people, you know, that friends and constituents that. Educate yourself. You don't necessarily have to engage yourself, you know, so much in in the community, but educate yourself with those that um, 
can represent you and represent all of us uh, in a way that we'll, we'll all benefit from. So um, I, um, it's just getting people out, educate them. And voting, that's the most important thing. Yes. But educating, voting with the information beforehand. Because if they blindly just start pushing buttons, it's, it's, I think that's just as bad as not voting, honestly. Right. Right. <laughs> so as you said, it's voting with the right information and knowing who you're voting for. Right. Which is actually, it's very easily accessible. And oh, even, yeah. Even to meet the candidates. I mean, how did we meet? We met at a rally. Right. <laughs> just hanging out. Right. <laughs> so it's not as hard as people think. But, <clears throat> yeah, once again, I hope that gets better. I mean, obviously, you're leading from the front as an elected official. Uh, you know I'm a political activist. I try to lead from the front, too, rather than yes. sit on the couch and eat my potato chips and complain all day. I, I'd rather I'll do the <clears throat> opposite. I just go move and act. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I've told people. Don't gripe <laughs> if you don't get out and vote. I agree. I'd tell those people to shut up if you didn't vote. <laughs> Just wasting energy. Right. What, is your, what are your thoughts about vaccine mandates and mask mandates? So I'm talking about in terms of forcing people to do these <clears throat> things. Do you think it's right or wrong? I think it's wrong. Okay. The reason I say that is... Um, People should have a right to decide, um, really, what's best for them. Um, I'm not saying that um, we shouldn't educate, back to the education. Yes. Um, educate people on proper protocol that would help with the situation of COVID, but I am not in favor of forcing people to do something. Uh, government should not have that role, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I think that we should do a better job on, and I thought this the whole time, we should do a better job of uh, educating the public on what, uh, pro what procedures would be good to help protect them, but not force it on them. So um, I know there's going to be some folks out there that uh, feel like that it's for their protection as well that this be required, but that is not um, that is not how this country was built. Agreed. It was not built on mandates. It was built on the fact that of freedom, and we by by government having growing government and and having government step in in my opinion, is reducing that freedom that our forefathers fought so hard for. It's interesting that you said education, because I've been trying to do the same thing. 
commissioner. Yeah. So people that I interact with that are scared, I tell them, hey, how's your personal health? Yes. How's your immune system? Yes. How's your diet? Right. Have you been exercising? Right. Then you don't have to live in fear twenty four seven. That's that's what I'm saying, uh, and, and what you're saying. Educate people. What right. what else goes along with that? Right. Like you said, diet, exercise. physical exercise. Yeah, move around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other factors that would help as far as with the person's health. And um, I, I, again, I, I just. Um, I don't feel like it should be uh, something that the government should be stepping in on. Yeah. Oh, I did leave out an important thing. And also being in community, having yes. some friends yes. to talk to. Yes. That's really strong for the immune system. Yes. And it's not openly discussed. Right. But rather, many big institutions are resorting straight to vac- vaccines and masks. Exactly. And but I'm a big advocate of uh, personal health because I, I engage in it myself. Sure. So I practice what I preach or I would not be telling anybody else to do it. Well, I think that's uh, that's a good practice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'll continue to do that. <laughs> so when you had a difficult moment throughout your career, a lot of adversity, how did you keep moving forward and how did you deal with that, whether it was in business or politics? Well, one thing that I always believe in and um, my boys – uh, my uh, business employees, and even in today in the political world, communication is 100% of what I believe makes a difference. I always said 90% is communication, 10% you got to know what you're doing and get the job done. I truly believe that um, when there was difficult times, whether it was good or bad, communicating with an individual or organization always got us through the situation. And why I say that is that many times in business, I would have people I would call, I would not always give the answer they wanted to hear, but they appreciated that. They appreciated the fact that um, I was communicating. And it was hard sometimes when there is a problem at hand to have to deliver bad news. But I will tell you more times than other times, people said, it Thank you for at least getting back to me. That is one of my pet peeves right now and what I carried through into the elected office is that I've always said we've got to get back with people whether it's what they want to hear or not. I know it's hard. It, you know, you've got an issue, a drainage issue, or whatever the problem may be. But if we get back to people in a timely manner and deliver, at least tell them, explain to them, sometimes we're heroes, sometimes we're not. But I can tell you, again, more times than many, we've had people say, not what I wanted to hear, but thank you for your quick response. So 
my whole thing is, is just address problems head on. Now, one of the things we do is that we try to facilitate as much as we can on addressing the problem to figure out what's the best um, uh, way to solve it if there is a solution. But um, uh, communication to me is key with any kind of, uh, of conflicting uh, situation. Yes. That's good because right now we're communicating to lots of people. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Thank Th- you. Thankfully. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because I feel like with the on the horizon with the increase of technological devices and gadgets yes. and the the mass usage of those, communication skills are going down a bit. That's what I've yes. seen. Yes. And I feel like well, you probably agree with me on this one, Vincent. The the remedy for that is just getting engaged with people. Exactly. Meeting up with people, talking exactly. to improve. I, I will tell you that um, I believe that the technology that came about with virtual conferences and so forth uh, during the pandemic is good, but there is a place and time for that. Yes. There is nothing that can replace engaging with someone one-on-one just like you and I right now sitting in this studio and I'm watching your body language I'm watching your facial expressions um, and we're having a one-on-one conversation whereas I can tell you it is not the same and I think any of the viewers out there would tend to agree with me it's not the same on a virtual meeting or virtual conversation as it is one-on-one talking to people. It, what concerns me is our youth that yes. are coming up. If, we, if they don't develop those social skills, uh, I feel like that we could have some issues uh, down the line socially as uh, this country moves forward. And so we've, we've got to have a mix, Jenny. Agreed. We've got to have a mix. Yes. Like I said, there's a place and time that I think virtual meetings work, but I think that it's very important that we continue to engage each other as humans. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, That's actually one of the, the special ingredients for my show. Yes. I bring my guest here. Yes. We could do it on Zoom. Yeah. But it's much better face to face. Well, look I'd at say it's a hundred times better. Look at all the the late night shows and all of the daytime shows that we're doing virtual. It's just not the same with not, you know, having it in person. Right. And you've seen them go back to in person uh, you know, with audiences and so forth. And it, it's just a different feel. And it's also a different engagement between the host and the guest. Agreed. And it's working well right now. Yeah. This is a really great interview. Yeah. Like <laughs> and also shout out to uh, chief of, your chief of staff, Robert yeah. Quarles. Quarles, for coming to the studio as well. So throughout your political and business career, what are the, some of the best moments that you had? So best, like most rewarding moments you have for the, the hard work that you put in. 
I know there's probably well, a lot. Well, yeah. Jimmy, there is a lot, but yeah. but just in as far as in short, I would say that a business that I developed um, is continuing on uh, as a family business. Uh, that is rewarding to me that the day that I was a, that I walked away from it to serve the people of Fort Bend County, um, it still exists, and that's rewarding to me. Um, it it employs a lot of people. So you created jobs. I created jobs. Even uh, I was so proud of of Greenscape during the pandemic. They weren't laying off people. They were hiring people. Nice. And so, and uh, anyway, that's very rewarding. And in the, and as far as in as being in elected office, um, being able to serve uh, and accomplish a lot of the uh, mobility issues that existed uh, when I came into office, and just uh, solving a lot of uh, the problems that existed prior to me taking the Commissioner Precinct 1 office, I was able to resolve a lot of those. And that, you know, I can drive down a road now that was kind of stagnant as far as the project, and it's done. Um, it's just like uh, there's a road called, some of the viewers out there will probably, or listeners rather, will probably uh, identify with. There was a road called Crab River Road, which is part of 99 going south in the Great Wood area that when I came into office in January of 2017 was somewhat stagnant. Um, it was not to go to construction until January of 21. And we focused on that because those people were, uh, those families, we're having to take an hour to get to a mile and a half down the road to bring their kids to school. Well, January of 21, uh, that road is done. And so it's, it's things like that, and I could go on and on, there's several of those stories, but it's things like that that are rewarding that I've been able to serve the community and to improve the quality of life for that community, that is rewarding to me. I bet that would be. So is there a highway named after you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, but stay tuned for that. <laughs> so Not necessary. Yeah. Is that the same road that, that the road you had mentioned, Crab River? Crab River Where road. Freedom Hall is? Is that the same street or, that is, or is that different? That that's is, the one you were talking that's about? It. Oh, that's actually, it. Because actually, that's where we met. I yeah. met you at Freedom Hall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right that's there. That's it. <laughs> nice. I will tell you, and that goes further south to the uh, Lamar Consolidated uh, Independent School District complex, and that's about a mile and a half down the road, and those people were, it would take them an hour to right. get their kids to school. Well, yeah, I like that street. It's very wide open and yeah, yeah. Well, fluid traffic moving I, both I directions. Got, I got to yeah. tell you, I got a lot of kudos for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So what is in the future for Commissioner Vincent Morales? I will tell you that uh, I want to continue to do the best as a county commissioner for Precinct 1. 
And Jimmy, in all honesty, um, I have no intentions of um, any other political elected office except continuing, if the people so desire, as county commissioner for Precinct 1. I would like, uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but I have a whole new voter base now, uh, a whole new precinct area uh, due to redistricting, and I hope that those people uh, are happy with the same level of service that we left with um, our old uh, voter base and constituents that um, will want to reelect me in 2024. Um, Jimmy, that's as far as I'm going to go. But as far as um, my my intention is, is to continue to serve the county as Precinct 1 County Commissioner. Excellent. And to close up the show for today, your top three tips to be successful as a politician or and or elected official for somebody that's either wanting to run in the future or somebody that's already there that might be new to the game. Well, again, I'm going to go back to educating yourself. Um, as far as you need to engage yourself with all levels of government and uh, get to know all of those different individuals, those players in that. Uh, I, would, I would say that dig in and learn as much as you can about what the job entails. It's not all politics. In my opinion, it's not all politics. It's about doing the job. And I feel like that sometimes people take an elected of office and they make it more political than it should be. And so, in my opinion, um, if you are so fortunate to either run for office or get elected in office, learn what the office does, learn what the community uh, wants, and uh, do the best you can to serve your constituents. And not so much on the political level, but on the quality of life level, in my opinion. All right, well, that does it for today. County Commissioner Vincent Morales, thank you so much for coming to the studio for this interview. And also to the audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, 12, Monday, 12 to 1 p.m. Have a fantastic day.